You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so, looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. As always, if you have any questions, you can call 069 or you can text or WhatsApp 087-166-9800 and I'll get back to you on the next show. And of course, you can always email patrick102fm at gmail.com. Uh, any tech-related questions, and I'll get back to you on the next show. Um, and we have a question. We have a question from Michael in Newcastle West, and Michael was asking about um, video calling. He says he wants to get a new laptop for video calling. What would I recommend? So he says he's looking for the laptop specifically for video calling. Uh, so I suppose maybe it's work-related, something like that, and uh, wants the best uh, quality for video calling. Um, also wants a new laptop. Like there is a way you say with your old laptop where you could add on if you still have, if you have an old laptop, um, you could add on some accessories. But I presume maybe you don't have an old laptop or your old laptop is broken or something, and you want to get a new laptop. So I suppose as with most of these things, you want to get the best kind of specs you can get for your money. So um, it all depends on if you want to use like the the best quality you're going to always get when it comes to video calling is with an external camera but you have to be careful with external cameras as well because um like i had my big dslr which is a fantastic camera but i connected it up like a webcam to it just um through the usb and then use as a webcam uh but the quality it loses lo- loads of quality i'm saying that does that doesn't look like my camera it doesn't look as sharp as it normally does and everything but for some reason a lot of cameras connected just straight with the usb loses a lot of quality and what i see the workaround that most um people use is they get a video capture card and they get a hdmi output out of the camera and uh, they go it usually has a micro hdmi to full size hdmi into the capture card an external video card pretty much and that connects with usb then and then you can get much higher quality uh, so a lot of like the the streamers and thing all the streamers would be using something like that but that's uh, the only way to get around that if the, the, this is if you're using a big dslr or something like that but um the only way to get around that is use a very good webcam, but you're never going to have the out-and-out quality, uh, but you'd have good enough. But you know what makes it actually probably more of a difference than the camera? Well, I think once you get past, like, maybe if you can get to 5 megapixel or more, even in a webcam, good lighting helps a lot as well. Uh, say don't have the light at your back and no light at the front you know where your face would be in shadow things like that have the light in front of you if you have good lights you know say one at either side of the front of you so at your front left and front right pointing towards you kind of giving a full light across your face uh if the room is well lit you know uh don't sit with your back to a window something like that makes a big difference um but anyway, as a, in the laptop, and it was announced recently that, that a lot of the companies are focusing on better microphones and better cameras in the laptops, you know, because people are just using all external versions at the moment. So if you wanted an all-in-one with built-in, I suppose, no, if you're using Apple products and everything, you're in the Apple's ecosystem, you can just get one of the MacBooks or something like that, get the highest spec you can get. But when it comes to Microsoft, um, there's a lot more variety of different ones to get. And you'd get confused sometimes, I would myself. Uh, so I suppose get the, you know, a good bit of RAM, as much RAM, I suppose the highest specs you can get. But uh, when it comes to video calling, I suppose you want the best graphics card uh, possible, the best uh, if you want and say if you're going to be moving around and you want to you're going into an airport and you don't want to be bringing webcams and bringing microphones and everything with you or going into a school going into a workplace going into different places uh, and bringing it with you to do videoing uh, you might you might want the best built in I suppose go for the highest megapixel the highest refresh rate camera you can get um, you want probably a long lasting battery how many hours of battery um but if you are at home and you're set up, I suppose you can um, get the best graphics possible. Um, 
the best, um, uh, the most amount of RAM. If you, you know, sometimes uh, you can, an SSD drive helps just to keep everything moving fast, you know. I was always a one when I see, you know, say they had two laptops for the same price, but one had um, one terabyte of storage of of a traditional HDD hard drive. And the other one would have only 250 gig, but it was SSD storage much faster. And I'd always, a few years ago, I would always have gone for the bigger storage. Oh, I can store more stuff until I started using um, um uh, computers with uh, SSD running them and it just makes such a difference everything is faster with the prices of external hard drives being pretty low nowadays normal drives uh, just use them for the storage That's what I, if I was buying a new laptop now I'd just buy you know, a 250 gig or whatever I wouldn't be bothered about uh, SSD I wouldn't be as bothered because I have a couple of external drives anyway so I can do all my storage there keep all my stuff backed up there uh, and have it running fast you know it boots up fast it does jobs fast i even have my desktop i have there's two drives in it. it it's the hard drive and the other uh ssd drive and i have um some of the programs uh that i use say audio editing programs and things like that actually um installed on the ssd drive and when i load audio files i load it into the ssd drive so it, and it makes everything so much faster, you know, where when you put all your sound together and it's mixing down, it could take up to four or five minutes sometimes if it's a big file. With the SSD drive, that's a minute or that's less than a minute. It makes such a big difference. Um, so, yeah, an SSD drive to speed things up. Um, if you are set up at home, you could get a good, an external, because a lot of the traditionally uh, with laptops the the built-in cameras weren't brilliant uh some were better than others but uh, the, uh if you're if you're set up at home you could get an external camera uh it's kind of complicated with capture cards and if you had a big uh, dslr say if you're into photography or something or you had a very good camera uh even a video camera like the one of the Canon, what's the different different ones anyway? With uh, like modern ones with uh, with high quality imp, uh, outputs, you could uh, use one of those with a video. It'd be worth getting a video capture card, or you could get a laptop with a video capture card. Say you can get some of the custom uh, websites will build you laptops and things like that, and you could get one with a video capture card built in. I know you can with desktops. I presume you can with them as Elgato or one of those uh, built into them uh, where you could just plug the HDMI input into it uh, from if you had your own camera. But if you don't have your, more than likely, most people don't have big DSLRs or big video cameras, uh, digital video cameras. So uh, a good webcam, uh, you know, five megapixel if you can or more with a good refresh rate. Uh, auto uh, focus as well is very handy for those. Uh, you know, a lot of them can do like um, facial recognition focus. So it focuses on your face all the time. Good lighting around you. Um, I say if you are set up at home, you could get a microphone as well and a headset. Uh, the likes of a Blue Yeti microphone, something like that. They're handy. Uh, because they have they also have um a headphone jack in them and it makes it easier you can select everything when it goes to your sound settings select everything to the to that and it'll uh it'll it'll make it m- much easier because it can be co- um confusing sometimes sound settings setting up for different things you can have the the sound coming out of the speakers when you want it out of the headphones and <laughs> my brother has a funny story he's he was doing a podcast uh, and before he got my help, uh, the first few episodes, he was uh, bought a new microphone and plugged it in and was talking away, uh, doing his doing his uh, first few episodes of his, podca- of his podcast. And the sound was recording through the little microphone built into the laptop all along. Uh, he, ha- he didn't have the sound settings set up where he had his um, microphone selected. So he was talking away into the microphone, but the sound was going into the... <laughs> was going in through the the laptop microphone and he was wondering why the sound quality was so poor uh so yeah these kind of things they they can get confusing sometimes so as always i suppose just get the best specs you can get for the for the money you know that you have to spend so uh if you want it for video calling yeah a good as good a camera as you can get uh 
uh, keep an eye out for the newest ones coming out because that's what the industry is going for higher quality cameras and things like that so i'm sure the next the the next brand new models um will have higher quality cameras so yeah keep an eye out what's what's coming out over the next few months uh get the high i suppose an ssd drive a good graphics card built-in graphics with its own ram you know uh to cut through a lot of the jargon with i suppose graphics cards i suppose there is a difference too you could have two graphics cards with say four or six gig of ram but they could be very different but in general, if you're not into all graphics cards and stuff, I suppose as much RAM as you can get in a graphics card um, as well. You know, most uh, 6 gig of RAM graphics cards are going to be better than most 2 gig of RAM graphics cards. You know, there is a variety in things like that. Uh, but especially ones that come from the manufacturers themselves, that'd be pretty good. Because you can buy ones that are kind of fake graphics cards, you know, they're kind of copies of the famous ones or something like that, and they claim 6 gig of RAM and all that, but they're, when you get them and put them in, they're rubbish. But, um, yeah, I think ones that are that, that come from manufacturers um, that are built into them would be pretty good. They'd be legit anyway. Uh, so as much RAM as you can get with a graphics card, uh, SSD drive, as much internal RAM on the thing itself as well um you know on the computer itself i suppose the average nowadays is about eight gig of ram so any there upwards you know 16 32 anything like that um the best processor either amd or, or uh, intel you know an intel i7 uh, i5 and look for the gigahertz as well because there's a strange thing i was looking at recently i was building a you know virtually building a computer you know uh, like picking out specs and things like that and a lot of the i5 processor you know you think oh uh, i'd rather spin more and get an i7 or something like that but it's not when it comes to gigahertz a lot of the i5s are up to you know 4.1 gigahertz something like that where uh, say an entry level i level i seven will only be two point something, you know. So you, it's not necessarily the higher spec. You know, it's like I'm going to buy a, a six series BMW because it'll be faster than the three series, but not if it's an M three. You know, if it's the 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 bigger engine. So there's a difference. It's not just um, going by that. It's the specs inside as well. Some they're not all i fives are the same. There could be. Uh, 20 different ones you know with different um different specs and different horsepower as they say so uh yeah that's uh there's a lot (laughs) there to to look at but uh that'll get you started anyway if you are if you are getting external stuff yeah a good usb microphone uh for video conferencing and um and a good set of headphones and uh, a good uh, camera as well with the highest uh, kind of megapixel you can get autofocus things like that you know if you are set up at home battery life will have a lot less um importance if you're going out and about battery life will have a lot more so it depends on what you're using it for uh but yeah best to look with that anyway michael um i hope you get a good one i'm actually uh have an article open actually speaking of the the devil i was open a few different articles and um this is one how to look best on a video call so this is another one that might help after you get your laptop and get set up. Um, uh, it's just a, talking about it. Uh, it's on the verge. Video director and host, let me assure you that your messy background and poor lighting is still widely distracting. So let's make it our New Year's resolution to refresh our video chat setup. So let's see what they say. Uh, background lighting, yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, your messy background. So kind of clean up your background, have it kind of simple behind you is what they're thinking. Uh, so here's my tips and tricks light your face yeah that's exactly what I was saying it's the same as with photography you know with anything videography is just lots of photos moving quickly (laughs) so yeah so I learned a lot of this stuff from photography but it's the same for videos Uh, it's best to start with lighting because that will dictate um, where you are sitting open up your window shades and let the natural light pour in but don't let that light hit your back I recommend having your largest light source either in front of you or no more than 45 degrees away from directly in front of you. Also, be aware that your screen can be a large source of light, so adjust your screen brightness too, especially if you are um, uh, taking a call without natural light. 
A bright screen can blow the highlights on your face out, making you look more like Casper the Ghost than on a video call. <laughs> and if you wear glasses and keep your computer screen too bright, everyone on your Zoom call will be able to see themselves in the reflection on your lenses. Uh, dim your screen and place some lighting off uh, at a five degree, 45 degree angle and you look a lot better. Uh, so there's a little on the verge here. There's a there's um showing the difference between properly set up and not set up. Yeah, and it's such a big difference. They say this the lady here in this picture has her back to the um, to the uh, window in the first picture and her face is almost completely in shade and the other one she's just facing the opposite direction and it's she's clearly lit. It looks very professional. It looks so much better. Uh just doing a simple thing like that to just turn your um facing the window instead of turning your back to it it's always i always notice like people say youtubers and things like that who do like tech reviews or do different shows they always say you know it's so bright in here the light has lighting me up you know it's so bright it's difficult but it's kind of what needs to be done to make it look to make it look nice now you you needn't go too far it doesn't need to be a full studio but something to like <coughs> to light up your face but when it light up when it lights up your face it's going to be in your eyes a bit as well but um it, it certainly does look better um raise your camera there is one and the, the only acceptable camera angle head on at eye level your table is almost certainly going to be lower than your face and this means people are going to get an unflattering look at you uh use a set of books a stool a higher table to make sure your camera is at the same level as your eyes uh, you don't want uh, people to feel like they're looking up or down at you uh test your video i didn't know that now exactly eye level where yeah i suppose i i i've always when i was using cameras would be below eye level i suppose so i didn't know that now that's a handy one to know uh you want to show up your meetings um to your meetings already looking good not adjusting your surroundings screen brightness angle and hair live uh for everyone to see uh so i have everything set up and test your call before um skype will show you the default the preview by default if i'm using a video conferencing app that doesn't include previews i open photo boot to help uh, check my video before entering a call so you can use an app called photo boot um to test everything out before you go on so that's handy uh find a quiet place and your best headphones uh, most of us don't have a great deal of control over audio, but you'll yeah, you'll sound better if you uh, take a call in a quiet place. Also, keep in mind that your headphones might have a better mic than your computer. Uh, most video conferencing apps have a tool in their settings for testing your mic and recommending. And I recommend uh, collecting all the mics in your house. <laughs> headphones have built in and testing them out to find which one sounds clearest. Um uh, as a carty as yeah and also it's near your it's near your mouth so it's going to pick up the sound say the one under your laptop you could be leaning back you could be far away from it and it's trying to pick you up from a distance so uh, if you have the the one on um on your head it, it's going to be a closer and it's going to be a consistent distance from your mouth as well when you move around it'll move with you so uh if you have a microphone like a Blue Yeti or an, a USB microphone, you have to always, like I'm doing right now, keep like a fist away, the microphone a fist away from your face. Also, if it's a condenser microphone or a dynamic microphone, the dynamic microphone is for use purposes. The dynamic mic is the one you speak into the top of generally. So you're, you're speaking directly straight into it. Whereas a condenser microphone has a larger diaphragm and it's usually sideways on it. So you speak into the, the microphone would be standing up straight like, uh, um, uh, vertically. So you'd speak into the side of it, uh, because it has a large circular diaphragm that your, your, your voice shakes and that creates turns to electricity and, <laughs> and, uh, the, the the sound waves are, are processed by the computer and all that but it, anyway it works from the side the condenser mic so the likes of a blue yeti i see a lot of people making the mistakes a lot of podcasts a lot of uh, i've seen american tv shows like multi-million quid shows when they started working from home at the beginning of the pandemic and they had one of those uh, say the blue yeti microphones talking straight down into the top of it like doing the exact opposite to what you should be doing you know uh but uh 
yeah, people get to know it. I still see it to this day. People still make the same mistake uh, with condenser mics. They 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 just take it as a normal mic that you talk in as a dynamic normal mic that you you'd uh, talk into the top of. But no, those, some of those ones you uh, you talk into the side of. So you have to keep an eye out for those kind of things. Um, yeah, if you're on, oh, that's a good tip. If you're on a call and you're not speaking at the moment, say there's a there's a group of people, mute your microphone. You know, uh, that's another handy thing about those Blue Yeti microphones. They have a mute button on the front. You just hit it and it flashes red while you're muted, and then you press it and it goes fully red when you can talk. Or you know, or is it the opposite? Uh, it'll, you 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 have a mute button on the front anyway. You can press it. I forget which way it goes, but it's uh, very handy. Uh, get comfortable much like being in a physical meeting once you get a call you shouldn't be getting up and moving around uh, so start start in a comfortable place so you don't need to be moving around all the time bring a water bottle or a cup of coffee or a cup of tea in my case and uh yeah i have it with you and finally stay professional even if you haven't gotten out of your sweatpants <laughs> you know in uh, over a year uh so yeah that's a very handy some good tips there as well uh, on top of the of the new setup that you could get uh so best of luck with all that uh let's see what else we have in the world of tech so uh, yeah the big news this week was activision was bought out by microsoft so there's a few stories coming out of that um here's what microsoft's gaming could look like after closing uh on the activision blizzard deal uh, so Activision makes, uh, what is it, World of Warcraft and Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff. Uh, with the impending purchase of Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, Microsoft is now the third largest video games producer or publisher in the world uh, by revenue. It owns several of the biggest gaming franchises of all time, including Minecraft, The Elder Scrolls, and now Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. Since the early 2000s, Microsoft has slowly but steadily expanded its holdings, adding to its stable of first-party developers. An explosion of acquisitions in the late teens combined with the purchase of Bethesda um, last year made Microsoft a a many-armed behemoth in the gaming industry, surpassed by only Sony and Tencent. Uh, so <laughs> I was reading something somewhere. I might even have it here. That like, um, oh, Microsoft is going to be um, is going to have a monopoly on games now and everything. Uh, that um, but it says the the ones that are ahead of it are Sony and Tencent. <laughs> so Sony has the PlayStation. So Sony Sony is still ahead of Microsoft. How are they going to? If Sony are still ahead of them, how are they going to have um, a monopoly? So yeah, so it's it's Tencent is the Chinese company. Then it has a lot of um, phone games and things like that, isn't it? Uh, they own a lot of different companies. I think Tencent. Uh, here's a breakdown of the studios and games Microsoft could own if the deal goes through. So I just saved the image there now, so I can zoom in to see. So Xbox Game Studios, they already have um, World's Edge, Obsidian. Uh, so loads of different games. Uh, some of them don't have. This is like an image on the, the the what they have already and what they're after buying. Uh, Bethesda ID Tango Game Works. Also, they own other game companies. Uh, so Bethesda is like a group of other game companies: Alpha Dog, um, Roundhouse Studios. So it's a load of other studios. And now Activision and Blizzard have Treyarch, Treyarch. Um, Raven, High High Moon, Blizzard, King, uh, Toys for Bob, Infinity Ward. Oh, I've played some of those games with the Yeah, so they pretty much they just bought another group of a load of game makers and things like that of a game studio. So they're going to own a ton of them now. Uh, so that's uh, it's going to be pretty dominant now for them. Um, uh, though formally established as Xbox Game Studios Publishing in 2000, Microsoft has published a wealth of gaming de- um, of games dating back to the 70s, including PC standards like Solitaire and Minesweeper. Um, through the ages, Microsoft has created several first-party studios to handle development of its flagship series. In 2001, Microsoft found, uh, founded Turn 10 
Studios for Forza Motorsport. Uh, Halo Infinite developer 343 Industries was created in 2007. The Coalition was born in 2010 and Microsoft bought the Gears of War series from Epic Games. In 2018, the initiative became Microsoft's first Santa Monica-based developer that was working on a new um, perfect dark game in 2019. World's Edge was established. So yeah, so they've been they've been at it for a long time, and now they're after buying out a ton of other companies. So they'll be growing, um, growing their power. But they're still, you know, it's not a monopoly yet. You know, it says it here: Activision Blizzard acquisition could raise flags for regulators. Um, Microsoft announced plans to acquire Activision Blizzard publishing uh, of games ranging from Call of Duty maybe in America itself or something although Sony have a big setup in America as well it's not just Japan uh, Japan. Call of Duty uh, 68 yeah so Microsoft says the move could help uh, make it the third largest gaming company by revenue following Tencent at Sony yeah so the company already a giant in the market would gain even more leverage after a damaging antitrust case in the 90s, Microsoft was mo- has mostly escaped the more recent antitrust criticism directed at tech companies like uh, Apple, um, Facebook, Meta uh, and Amazon. Uh, but the company has been steadily building its power in the games world for the past few years. In 2021, it closed an acquisition of ZeniMax Media, giving it ownership of subsidiaries like Fallout, uh, Maker, Bethesda Softworks, for a total of 23 first-party game studios. Um, so, yeah, it's just they're adding on more, and uh, they're afraid that, uh, that they might get too big and get sued over it. Um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings series finally has a name. So I've seen the trailer for this. It doesn't give much away. It just shows like a melting steel filling up a, a mold kind of thing, you know, like they, they always show it in movies, like liquid melted steel pouring along so it doesn't show anything at all about the actual tv show uh, but it has a name is it rings of power or something uh lord of the rings the the lord of uh, the lord of the rings the rings of power yeah so the rings of power it's called uh so there's a trailer but it doesn't give much away somebody said online that it looks like a trailer for a, a phone game <laughs> it's like a lord of the rings game on your phone it wasn't the most uh, inspiring trailer, but uh, I suppose it was just a teaser just to get it started. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien's books uh, continuing to be uh, made into TV shows and movies and everything. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it is. What's the story in a press statement about the series? Uh, the showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, said that their desire was to come up uh, with a title that could live in the spine of the, of a book next to J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, other classics. Uh, so, uh, unites uh, the, the the book unites uh, major stories of Middle Earth, Second Age, uh, the forging of the rings, the rise of the Dark Lord Sauron, and an epic tale. Uh, yeah, so that'll be it's kind of um, in between. I say the uh, yeah, it's the in between the, the the original age at the beginning of all the movies where the, what, the, what they were talking about the how Sauron rose to power and all that and where the ring got captured and the world went back to normal again kind of thing uh, so the the middle bit which was a long time wasn't it was it thousands of years or hundreds of years or whatever so yeah uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Canon has a new camera. The EOS R5C is a two-in-one stills and cinema camera. Um, better video uh, capability in exchange for a little chunk. So, yeah, it has the the extension on the bottom of it. Uh, it's kind of a high-end DSLR. Canon has announced a new camera that brings cinema-grade video capabilities to a fully conventional full-frame mirrorless body. Oh, it's a mirrorless. Actually, by the picture, it looks like... Um, it doesn't look like a mirrorless. It looks big, but it's big but it, because it does other stuff. Uh, so it is a mirrorless uh, camera. EOS R5C looks a lot like the EOS R5, uh, which in turn looks a, a lot like a Canon DSLR. Yeah, but it's much bulkier in the back. 
This is to accommodate an active cooling system uh, so it can shoot for long stretches without overheating. How long? Well, Canon says the cooling system allows the R5C to shoot up to 80K or 8K, 60 frames per second indefinitely. Uh, this was an issue for the R5. It was uh, advertised as being able to shoot for about 20 minutes in 8K. Uh, the, and Canon later released a firmware update to improve overheating problems. Uh, the R5 also supports a 8K HDR recording um, in HLG and PQ formats, as well as 4K 120 frames per second recording in 422 uh, 10-bit color without cropping the sensor. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a good high-end video camera, but also um, uh, a photography camera. The full-frame sensor is 45 megapixels. You can shoot at 12 frames per second. Now, you think 45 megapixels, like my phone has 64 megapixels. So I said, oh, you know, you'd think, uh, oh, yeah, that's that's my phone can take better pictures than that. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's the size of the sensor as well. So um, these are 35 millimeter, you know, equivalent sensors uh, going by the old standards. And they'll, they take infinitely better photos than any phone can take, you know, so even with all the tricky software and everything built into them. These have some of the tricky software as well, but also have the big sensor that just takes in more light and has more to work with, you know. So uh, the full-frame sensor, yeah, it can shoot 12 frames per second uh, with the mechanical shutter or 20 frames per second with the electronic shutter. The camera's three-way power switch lets you boot it up um, in photo or video modes with the menus and button functionality changing accordingly. Uh, the EOS R5C will be released in March uh, for $5,000. Whoa, it's not cheap. Uh, that's 600 more expensive than the EOS R5, but when you're almost getting another separate camera at the same time, uh, for some creators and producers, the all-in-one can... Yeah, well, uh, I suppose if you're a multimedia person, if you're a person that does a lot of photography and say a lot of photographers now have like live streams as well and or they're like tech reviewers like me but with money uh, <laughs> and they they go out and um you know test out equipment and take photos of the equipment you know you'd see the like a phone standing up out, outdoor somewhere and you, you know they need images to go with the to go with the videos or they go out and doing videos and then you can set it up like a webcam kind of thing as well as a you know they're kind of all rounders for when it comes to that now and especially that one now because it'll do um it's set up as a high-end video camera and also as a high-end photography camera so yeah that's but it's a lot of money though yeah but if you're if you're you know if you're making a lot of money if that's your business then it's it's it might actually instead of buying some people might maybe have a high-end photography camera and also a high-end video camera and uh, that might actually save them a bit of money and they're getting the latest and greatest as well. So, uh, Roku had an outage uh, leading to frozen TVs and unresponsive devices. Uh, Roku customers reported being stuck in the loading screen. Uh, Roku, Roku experienced a significant uh, service disruption on Wednesday evening, which resulted, which was last night, uh, resulted in some of the company's streaming devices and even Roku TVs getting stuck on the loading screen are even going through to reboot loop and becoming effectively useless. Roku TV sets and uh, from TCL, Hisense and other manufacturers were also affected. Users took to social media and Roku subreddit uh, to report problems with the Roku hardware and down detector showed a spike for Roku services. The company's support account acknowledged the ongoing issues at around 830 uh, Roku is aware of the issues reported by users uh, who are unable to access some Roku services, the company said. If you are trying to activate your device, please try again later. Our priority is to get uh, the issue resolved as soon as possible. Uh, by late Wednesday night, the company's service appeared to be operating again, so everything was back to normal again. Uh, so that's good. Uh, it, like, it's not as bad if you have like an, an external Roku and you can just, okay, I'll just go and use the tv normally or i'll uh you know jump over to my satellite broadband or whatever it is or a satellite uh in um tv or whatever other options you have but if you have a tv with roku built in you could get stuck on the loading menu 
although you might be able to go to external sources anyway away from that possibly uh, so maybe you would have been okay even if you have a TV with built-in Roku it might have been okay and normally like I've been talking on previous shows about how it's the most stable and the most reliable of all the different uh, you know uh, user interfaces for for playing uh, you know the likes of Netflix and Disney and Amazon and all those uh, and now it's the the one time I hear about it giving trouble so <laughs> that's, that's funny Um Google launches beta of Android games on Windows PCs. Uh, so the Google Play Games beta is only available in three countries today. I wonder is Ireland one of them? Probably not. Um, Google is launching a limited beta of its app uh, to bring Android games to Windows, uh, to Windows PCs. Google Play Games will be available in beta in Hong Kong, South Korea and Taiwan. Allowing Windows PC owners to play popular Android games like Mobile Legends, Summoner's War, State of Survival and Three Kingdom Tactics. I've never played any of those games. I don't play too many games on my phone really. I don't know. I think I have big fingers. It doesn't help playing. I tried to play like Sonic the Hedgehog or something or the car games where you have like a virtual um, toggle for for um, for playing uh the games but it's uh, for steering and things like that and i just i just find it too awkward but yeah the that's the, the beginning of the android games being available android stuff being available on the pc so that's good makes makes things easier i suppose um i notice a lot of people actually as well you know um are, are like playing all their xbox games on pcs they have kind of high-end pcs or people that have gaming pcs are playing the xbox games on the the pc instead of even getting an xbox yeah i noticed that um some people said oh i'll buy the ps5 because i can just play my xbox games on the pc uh so if they have a good pc already they just bought it even though they were in they were they wanted to buy a new console or they were in the market for one and I suppose if the the games weren't available on the PCs they would have bought uh, an Xbox but they didn't bother because they could play it on their own PC so that's I suppose they still sell the games and that's where most of the profit comes from anyway for Microsoft so they're not too bothered about it but yeah I presume it damaged their um their console sales a little bit. Uh, where the EV revolution goes next. Uh, it may seem like electric and electric electrified cars are everywhere, but in the grand scheme of things, we're only getting started. Uh, you'd be forgiven for thinking that EVs or electric cars have already gone mainstream. Uh, if you watch the recent coverage of car launches, whether uh, debuts of the Ford F-150 Lightning or the recent excitement of in the recent uh, in the LA show, it's easy to see that virtually all the excitement on the automotive horizon involves electrification. Tesla Model 3, for instance, recently became the best-selling car in Europe. Um, clearing EVs, clearly EVs are starting to enter the mainstream. However, if you look at global auto sales, the big pie, um, EV sales right now are only making up 2% of sales. Just over 200,000 EVs were registered in the US in the first half of this year, roughly the same number of cars that Toyota sells in a given month. Um, there are localized hotspots like Norway, which many EV evangelists treat as a sort of aspirational target for the rest of the world. Uh, their EV sales make up 75% of the market. That's amazing. Uh, far more than anywhere else on the planet. They must have a good charging system as well, and they probably have incentives and things like that. Um, it is uh, because Norway Norwegian drivers are particularly forward-looking or environmental conscious. Well, yes, uh, but the real reason is because government mandates have made it prohibitively expensive to buy anything but an EV. Many Norwegians would rather buy something with an engine, but EVs are the economic, so they don't have a. They might necessarily have the world's greatest network and everything, where you can charge everywhere. It's just the government are kind of forcing them to buy them. Um, not to mention the environmentally conscious. Uh, with a new spate of EV incentives, but what I've always said is when when it becomes cheaper and more practical to have an electric car, everyone will have them. You know, when you can get in and drive, you know, if it charges quick or if you can just have it plugged in, like you're even there, you're making kind of sacrifices, you know, for people, people won't, you know, 
make too many sacrifices. The the people just want to. It's like the reason the the car beat the horse and cart because it was better than it in every way. When electric cars are better than than uh, petrol cars in every way, then they they will take over. So uh, once the battery technology gets there, or they use some kind of hydrogen or something like that. Um, but a lot of companies, a lot of the electric car companies, oh no, you should leave hydrogen behind because that's continuing on with the tradi- traditional way of doing things um, with combustion engines or different uh, different types of fuels where batteries are rechargeable and things like that. But but they need to catch up on the practicalities of a of a, a petrol or diesel powered car, you know. Uh, so, but they'll get there, I suppose. Um, the main thing holding back electric cars at the moment is range and charging time. Uh, so once those, once the range goes up and the charging time goes down, everybody will naturally go to um, to electric cars anyway. So that's the main thing they need to be working about uh, working on. Uh, while the new spate of EV incentives in the US looks far more ap- uh, appealing than before, we're a long way off that kind of heavy-handed taxation on gas-powered cars. Yeah, see. Taxation isn't the way to go about it. Innovation is the way to go about it. Uh, in the US, the spread of EVs is going to happen more organically, yeah, as it should. But don't worry because it will spread. Um, well before the close of the decade, electric cars will become a logical choice for the majority of buyers. Uh, here's what you need to know to be ready. Why go electric? Every major OEM has a major electrification program in place. Whether it be Toyota's new 1.29 billion uh, battery factory or GM building, not one but two of those. Uh, hell, even Dodge, a company that has survived the past decade uh, by shoving even bigger engines in its stalwart selection of cars, is promising an electric muscle car by 2024. Yeah, because electric is very powerful. That's one of the big upsides of electric cars. You know, any car that Dodge ever made, ever, would be beaten by um, the Tesla Model S Plaid but easily, road cars anyway, uh, even <laughs> maybe even their race cars. That that Model S Plaid is so quick, uh, but yeah, definitely all the road cars. Uh, why this momentum? It's complicated, but a lot of the blame goes to ever-tightening emission standards. California, the biggest uh, market in the US, plans to completely ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035, while a few states have already followed California's previous emission standards, and there's no reason to expect they won't follow suit. Uh, Many cities around the globe are even moving faster, like Paris, which is targeting 2030 for a ban on everything but EVs. Yeah. So they're trying to do it, they're trying to legislate it in rather than uh, wait for the technology to do it naturally. Uh, looking beyond legislation, EVs simply offer a better driving and ownership experience than a lot of situations. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, these cars are quieter, smoother, and yeah, but quieter can be dangerous too because you know pedestrians can get hit. Um, you don't realize how fast you're going, uh, and c- crashes can happen. Uh, well, unless you're looking at the speed, but uh, I mean, naturally, you know, when you're not, when you're paying attention to the road and things, sometimes you don't realize how quickly you're going with these electric cars. Uh, with many fewer moving parts, more reliable and damn near maintenance free. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot less maintenance, um, a lot more reliability, things like that. Uh, but the likes of Tesla is then a lot of parts can only be fixed by you can't go to your local garage to fix it you know a lot of the stuff that's in even the tires are like solid tires they have like stuff inside foam or something inside them uh, that can be only fixed by tesla uh, dealers and things like that so um that's another thing when they do need the maintenance it has to be done with those anyway uh, by them but uh, limited range and charging options uh, mean today, today's EVs are not yet as flexible as uh, the petrol or diesel-powered cars. But Tesla's supercharger network continues to expand, and with the explosion of electric Electrify America lately and other networks as well, charging is faster and easier than ever. Another thing is there's different chargers for different cars, and you have to be have adapters and different things. 
they badly need to come up with the likes of a Type C of uh, of car chargers. They need to come up with one and make it an industry standard that they can all use and has variable amounts. You know, it can uh, it can handle faster charging. You know, when the network goes more kilowatts or whatever it is, uh, that it can adapt for that. And you know, it's a kind of a universal standard. Um, they need to agree on and make all their you know cars fit that going forward because it's 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 annoying uh for a lot of owners that i've heard of the, having adapters to plug into this one and that one and you can't use some chargers and you can use some others and some charge faster than others as well so and then there's the simple economics of it uh, new york state i pay uh 12 cent per kilowatt hour of electricity so a full charge in the tesla model y a rotro is costing about 960 and gives 330 miles of range uh now that's a compared to a small suv that offers 30 miles per gallon it'll need 11 gallons of uh, petrol and as i write this it costs about 330 per gallon uh and that'll be 36 30 more uh uh, which is more much more expensive yeah so it's cheaper to run um yeah so yeah there's a, it's getting there but there there's a lot of, a lot of hurdles to overcome it's not a done deal a lot of people are speaking like it's a done deal it's like oh yeah they're better in every way they're not better in range they're not better in uh refueling time uh, but they are better in reliability and things like that uh, but then you have uh, when you do need to do different um, servicing on them, it can be more difficult as well at times. Although, say some of the the known brand ones, uh, you can just take it to your local dealer and stuff. But the the handyman kind of where where you you can't afford to pay main dealer prices sometimes. Uh, guys cannot work on a lot of the electric cars when you need something done. So. Maybe there is some that they can. I suppose there's some stuff is standard set up, but uh, yeah, some they can't. Uh, so Star Trek Strange New Worlds release date confirmed. More Trek coming soon. Paramount Plus announces a new uh, details of a new uh, Trek shows. Um, Picard, Discovery, Lower Decks, and Prodigy. New details for Trek shows. Oh yeah, such as yeah, Discovery was has i think has gone off the deep end altogether it's, i don't think anybody's watching it people have just forgot about it um picard was it had a big uh, momentum behind it but it's kind of waned off as well lower decks and Prod- prodigy i've never even heard of i've heard of lower decks so i've never watched it but a lot of um the new star trek stuff is not going down well you know uh it's not getting big viewership it's just they're not very well made uh, the the choice of actors, the choice of storylines, everything is not is not going down very well at all compared to like the old Voyager, the Next Generation. Uh, they were massive hit shows, and these ones aren't. So they're trying a new one. They're trying another one now. Uh, Strange New Worlds. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the USS Enterprise on Thursday, May the fifth. Uh, also, it's starting on the fifth of May. Uh, a streaming service. As streaming service Paramount Plus confirms release dates and further seasons for Trek series Picard, Lower Decks, um, Prodigy and Discovery. Although there are now five Trek TV shows in production, Strange New Worlds will be the first uh, set aboard the iconic starship um, since Star Trek Enterprise ended in twenty in uh, in 2005. Uh, but before the new show even starts this summer, it's been confirmed for a second series uh strange new world stars a uh, crew first seen um as guest stars in discovery including aniston mount as captain christopher pike rebecca romjan as the first officer number one and ethan peck as a uh, young mr spock uh, so it'll be uh it'll be the original star trek back again so that'll be interesting to see how it goes last few minutes now i'll have a look um Best external hard drive uh, and SSD for 2022, uh, Mac, PC, PS4, and Xbox. So this is some rugged external uh, SanDisk Extreme Portable 1TB SSD. Um, 
134 quid. Best expanding storage for Xbox Series X and Seagate storage expansion card. So you have to get the proprietary one. It's 140 at Microsoft. This is American prices, so they might be similar here. But, uh, best expanding storage for PS5 games. Seagate Fire Cuda 530 with heatsink. Uh, yeah, you have to get this is the internal one for the PS5, and you have to get the 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 specific type of uh, of SSD, and it has to have a heatsink, uh, and it has to have a low profile heatsink, so you can put the cover back on again. Uh, so um, that's the one they're recommending. It's 140 quid on Amazon. That's not too bad. I don't know what size it is, but they've they've been quite expensive to find you, but. You don't have to use the proprietary. Well, there is no proprietary one. There's loads of different brands, but um, but the, the different makes have been because of the speed um, requirements. Uh, they have been quite expensive. Best value for Xbox One uh, WD Black P10 two terabytes, seventy five quid, and Amazon. Oh, that's very cheap for two terabytes. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, you can use uh, as external drives. You can use any kind of ones. Uh, normally uh, four terabyte Seagate game drive uh, for PS4 is 110 quid. That's very good for four terabytes as well. If that's, I don't think you'll get those prices here though. Um, best SD for games consoles. Um, WD Black D30 game drive. Um, blazing fast SSD. Uh, SanDisk one terabyte Extreme Pro portable. 210 quid slim design for pc so uh this cnet article says all the different ones best value desktop drive eight terabyte wd my book 187 quid there we i don't think you can get those prices here um wd my book eight terabyte for mac or windows pc 187 uh yeah, so I must check out those <laughs> if we can get those. Bright and left, it just came down a lot. Eight terabytes of storage is very good. Um, so yeah, that's some of the you could check it out and see if the you can get comparable prices over here. I have a feeling you can't, though. I have a feeling they're more expensive here. Uh, and everything Android twelve can do that Android eleven can't. We're uh, last few minutes now. We'll explain every major difference. So there's another article. Uh, I might go into that next week. Uh, the upcoming Pixel. Uh, will show the new Android 12. Uh, rumor has it Samsung's new flagship lineup, the S22 and 22 Plus and Ultra, could even ship with the updated operating system. Uh, privacy features for apps, uh, revamped notifications. Uh, with Android 12, Google is changing the design of notifications to make them more modern and functional. Uh, new one-handed mode. Uh, yeah, so a uh, few few changes coming up with the new new one. Um, Pixel Fold rumors what we know Google's first foldable phone uh, here's everything Yeah, so Google Pixel are thinking of making uh, a flip phone with a folding screen uh, so in their upcoming lineups they, they had a patent application including several sketches of a, of a potential foldable phone so uh, interesting um, yeah so that's that's some of the stories for today uh, that's been Tech Thursday. I hope you've enjoyed that. We've squeezed in a lot of different tech stories. And uh, best of luck to Michael uh, at the beginning, who's looking to, to get a new laptop for video conferencing. Uh, best of luck with that. Uh, thanks for listening to Tech Thursday. I've been Patrick Sheehan. Uh, I'll be with you again next week. And if you, in the meantime, if you have any tech-related questions, you can email patrick102fm at gmail.com and I'll get back to you on the next show. Thanks for listening. I've been Patrick Sheehan. This has been Tech Thursday. Talk to you again next week. Peace. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.